Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. You may hear that I'm sounding a bit huskier today and like many people around the country at the moment, I'm suffering with a cold, so I apologise for that. I don't normally sound this deep, but um, I have sounded a lot more like Barry White in the last couple of weeks, so do bear with me. Hopefully the content will make up for it. And as I say, thank you very much for tuning in to listen. I had an email this week from somebody with a suggestion, a great suggestion for the podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's content because hopefully you'll find it as interesting as I have in researching it. So as I said in the intro, I had an email from somebody, I won't give his name, in case he doesn't want me to disclose that to everybody at this stage. But um, he sent me a really nice email saying thank you for the podcast, but also with a suggestion for an episode. And I really liked it. I really liked the question and I really liked thinking about it and doing a bit of research and, uh, and how I would address it. So I will read you out exactly what he said in the email. It says, In the sector I work in, grievances against line managers are not uncommon. Sometimes they are raised independently, but often they occur as a result of a management action, such as the employee being given a standard setting meeting or other capability action. In these instances, it places the manager in a double bind, which may be the intention of the employee. They feel they have to observe a period of hands-off with that employee in order to not exacerbate the grievance further. And because a grievance can take literally months and months to progress to a conclusion, The employee often acts with a cavalier abandonment, ignoring the manager's requests and working to a low level. Some employees increase the circle of their grievance to include all the subsequent levels of management above the line manager, creating even more paralysis. I'm not insinuating here that employee grievances are without merit. That test is in the proof of veracity of the allegations and quality of the testimony of the individual employee. But in the meantime, there is still a service to run and the employee is still expected to continue doing their work to the correct standard. So the question here is, what can the manager do to assert their authority and continue to manage an employee who has a grievance out against them? Now, I hope you'll agree. I thought that was a really interesting and well thought out question. So I wanted to take some time to respond to it and give my opinion. And the answer here really isn't a legal one, in my opinion. It is more a question of good management and best practice in dealing with employees, which is also something that we advise on and cover here at Real Employment Law Advice. In my view, it is something that arises fairly regularly, and particularly in certain organisations, so in civil service or local government or in larger organisations, this can arise. And the reason for it, in my opinion, is because of a lack of good management in the first instance. So there isn't really a quick fix. I'll come to what I would do in the circumstances or what I would recommend doing in the circumstances if it happened. But really what I wanted to start with was how you prevent this from happening in the first place. Because in my mind, 
if you have a situation where employees are immediately raising a grievance or alleging bullying or something if they are questioned about their performance then there has to be some kind of issue right at the beginning in relation to the management and the management relationship that sort of breeds this or in some way manifests this behavior by the employees. It is really difficult for managers, particularly managers who don't have any formal training on managing people, to actually have difficult conversations with employees. And in my view, what happens a lot of the time, and if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll or you've heard me speak or anything like that in the past, then you'll understand that I'm always harping on about the fact that all problems with employment and relationships stem down to communication. It can all be taken back, stripped back, and you'll see that it's an issue about communication. And that's really the fundamental issue here, is that managers are not communicating effectively enough with their employees throughout the employment relationship to enable those conversations to take place, those difficult conversations about employees' performance and that sort of thing. Now, of course, there are some exceptions to this and there will be employees who are aggrieved no matter what. But really, what I find happens is a manager, for whatever reason, either they're too busy, they don't know how to have the conversation in the first place, or they're afraid to have the conversation because of the way the employee will react, doesn't actually tackle the issues of their performance at an early enough stage and so it goes on and on and on until the point at which you know somebody has enough so it's normally the manager's had enough or the manager's manager says what is going on your department's not performing sufficiently or your employees aren't doing what they should and then it's sort of a chain reaction and then the manager has to address the performance issue with the employee having not done so before And time and time again, what happens, in my opinion, is that employees' sort of baseline, if you like, of their performance dips to such a stage that they kind of plateau and they think that that actually they're working really effectively and nobody's ever said anything to them about it. No one's ever said, you're not working enough, you're not doing enough to, you know, billing or you're not enough doing enough sales or that sort of thing. And they just kind of get on with their day-to-day job. And then that becomes their norm, their baseline. So when somebody else comes on and criticises them out of the blue, with no previous discussions, no lead-in, no management on a day-to-day basis, immediately their barriers go up, their guard goes up, and they become defensive. Because as far as they're concerned, from their world view, they're doing everything that they should be. You know, it's not very often that you get people who genuinely don't do what they should be doing in their job and think that that they're doing that deliberately, for example. A lot of people really do think and believe that they are working their hardest and to the best of their ability and what they're doing is reasonable. And if they've never had a conversation with their manager before or never been approached about it, when it comes to being criticised or having their neck on the line if you like if they're brought under a capability or a performance improvement plan they're going to be defensive about it in most cases or become upset and stressed and anxious and this then leads to a feeling that it's personal and that it's an attack in some way by their manager and that it's their manager that's being unreasonable and oftentimes you'll you'll find that the manager hasn't actually had any good conversations with them and then hasn't had any training on approaching the issue and kind of goes into it 
themselves really stressed out about the whole process and worried about what they should be doing. And then it kind of spirals from there. So the conversation doesn't go very well. Neither party feel that they've come out of it achieving what they need to. And then the employee goes away, stews on it and thinks, actually, I'm going to raise a grievance, either because they think that their manager genuinely has been unreasonable with them because they think that they've been doing perfectly well in their job or because they know that in many organisations, the way the wheels of the process are so slow that actually they can sort of stall things as the person suggested in the email that they do genuinely think, well, if I do this, it's going to slow things down and I might get you know, vindicated here and the manager might get moved on or I might not get the pressure on me to deal with the performance improvement plan. So what I'm really saying is that I think that these issues of employees raising grievances about their managers in response to difficult conversations can be dealt with and prevented by better management from the outset. So if if an employee isn't performing at the very early stage of them not performing well or not fulfilling their job, instead of sort of ignoring it or thinking, oh, you know, it will get better and, oh, it's only a small thing and I won't have that conversation or I'm too busy or I'm embarrassed to speak to them about it, you actually just mention it and talk them through it so that employees don't get to the stage where they are having to have formal performance or capability conversations. So in my opinion, as with lots of these things, it is about prevention first, good performance and people management and training managers to be able to have effective conversations and to manage people well throughout the day-to-day relationship rather than it just leading up to you know, a big blowout over performance when things just become too bad for everybody around. So that's how I would deal with it. But I appreciate there are a number of circumstances and a number of organisations and situations where that doesn't happen. And so you tend to find that, as I say, a conversation comes up between a manager and their employee and the employee is completely taken aback, has no idea what's happening or why it's happening and feels aggrieved. And instead of thinking to themselves, well, actually, you know, they're right. I'm not doing my job as I should be or I'm not being reasonable in the way that I behave at work, they think to themselves, it can't possibly be me. It's not me. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's my manager. They've got it in for me. You know, they don't do their job properly. They're bullying me. They're behaving this way. And then they kind of flip it around. It's very normal for people to think, actually, it's nothing to do with me, but it's completely their behavior. And that's what leads to the grievance. In most cases, I think it's rare that people genuinely raise a grievance because they want to delay the process or they know that it will cause a a spanner in the works. Most people genuinely think that it's not them, it's the other person. And sometimes it could be, you know, it could be that the managers handled the conversation really badly and, you know, they've made the employee feel, you know, worried or anxious or depressed or stressed or they haven't approached it in the right way. And that's just about training. I don't think that's about actual, you know, nasty, horrible behaviour. In most cases, it's just because the manager doesn't know how to deal with it or is themselves stressed and worried. So what happens then? So what do you do? And as quite rightly, the person who's written in has said, it then comes a situation where in many organisations, grievances are long, drawn out processes and 
then the manager feels that they can't do anything. Oftentimes, the manager that will then become stressed or perhaps go off sick because of the stress of dealing with it. They're also under pressure with their own targets and from their own line management. And then they've got this grievance. They can't talk to their employee. They're not doing what they should. And then they go off sick. So it just is a cycle. And it really doesn't help that there are a number of organisations who have unnecessarily long grievance processes and they're just managed really badly. It's not just grievance processes, it's disciplinaries as well. I've dealt with a number of people, employees who've worked for particularly the NHS, I have to say, are notoriously slow at dealing with employee issues and therefore it just drags on and on completely, in my opinion, unnecessarily. I think if an employee raises a grievance about their manager and they are saying, for example, I feel my manager's behaved inappropriately in this meeting and that they're bullying me in relation to a performance improvement plan. Now, why should that take months and months to be dealt with? I don't think it should. There is no reason why it can't be investigated and completed within a month. If the parties, if it involves two people... Why do you need to have a long time to deal with it? I accept that the people who oftentimes tasked with investigating these issues are senior management and have other priorities. But, you know, it's such a waste of resources. And by delaying it and dragging it on, it just perpetuates the whole process and the, the cycle. As I say, you then end up with two resources, the manager and the employee who are not working effectively, potentially an impact on the rest of the team. And then you're still you say you've got this issue of conflict but then you're still not getting the productivity you want out of them and then you've got to drag in other resources to deal with it that then are then tasked with dealing with it over several months it just doesn't make any sense to me and it doesn't do anything to resolve the issue because the longer it goes on the more people have to stew on it the more defensive they become and the more aggrieved they become with their employer in the process So that's the second problem, is the lengthy ways in which employers deal with grievances. Of course, when you deal with a grievance, you have to follow the relevant processes. You have to deal with it fairly. You have to give it a good investigation and to deal with it effectively in order to avoid potential liability. Because if you get the grievance wrong, the employee could claim a breach of the implied duty of trust and confidence and resign and claim constructive unfair dismissal. Or you could, if you find yourself in the employment tribunal, having an award increase by 25% of the compensation because of your failure to deal with the grievance in accordance with the ACAS code of practice. So there, yes, there is an obligation to deal with it thoroughly and in a reasonable manner. But as I say, in a situation where there are two people involved, Why does it take months to investigate? Okay, so that being said, my little rant about grievances and the length of time they take, if there is an ongoing grievance process that's being investigated genuinely, what does the manager do in those circumstances? Well, there isn't any legal reason why the manager can't continue to manage the employee and to manage them through the process if they're dealing with capability, for example. If it's a disciplinary issue and the disciplinary issue and the grievance issue are linked, then you can either suspend the disciplinary issue whilst the grievance is being resolved or they can be dealt with concurrently and the ACAS code does 
allow for that to happen. So it is reasonable to do that in certain circumstances. Now, I accept what the person who wrote in is saying, that managers can feel that they are paralysed by the grievance process. They're worried to have conversations with the employee in case further accusations come up. And they want to sort of to tread on eggshells, if you like, around them. This is where good HR management and senior management comes in, because in these circumstances, I would say practically the best option is for a senior manager to intervene and to take over line management or for the line management to move to somebody else during this period and they maintain the capability or process disciplinary however you're dealing with it with the employee or you provide a a buddy system so a, a system of chaperone if you like so that the manager has somebody else there and potentially the employee has somebody else there during those conversations about performance and that the manager really does just stick to the issues of work the work related issues and where possible refrains from it becoming personal in any way Now, I accept it's really hard for managers to do that. And it's only the best managers who can really continue to manage effectively faced with an allegation against them. But there is no better way of dealing with it than actually providing managers with good training at the outset, which, as I was saying right at the beginning, would hopefully prevent this from happening in any event. So what I'm saying to summarise then for a manager's perspective and from a HR perspective, if there is a grievance against a manager, it is worth considering what the grievance is, the substance of it, and the severity of it, and then decide whether you either have a more senior manager who then takes over line management temporarily while the grievance is ongoing, whether you assign them to a new line manager, again temporarily until the outcome of the grievance, or whether you implement a buddy system so that there is a third party present, you know, it could be another manager, it could be a member of HR during those discussions. Managers should also ensure that they're very well prepared with facts and figures and information and putting everything in writing following their discussions. So if those discussions about performance, for example, and capability continue whilst the grievance is ongoing, that they make sure that they have everything in writing to hand over to the employee to make sure it's clear and that they follow up everything in writing. It's also advisable during this time if the organisation has the resources available to assign the employee with somebody, buddy or a mentor or some form of external counselling service. So they've got somebody available to them to provide support and assistance during the process as well because this will help to avoid any feeling that they're being victimised or continuing to be bullied. Now, finally, I I just wanted to touch upon what happens if you actually think that the grievance is a malicious one. So if there isn't any substance to it and the employee is purely bringing it as a malicious revenge grievance, if you like. Well, there has been some case law about it that if you as an employer facilitate an employee's malicious grievance in certain circumstances, you can be seen to condone discriminatory or unreasonable behaviour. But in most cases, what the ACAS guidance says is that you have to give the employee the benefit of the doubt in the grievance process and go through the investigation in the same way. But if at the end of it, the grievance investigator decides that it was brought maliciously, then you can consider whether that warrants disciplinary action in of itself. 
Now, I had thought that I I had previously done a mini series on the podcast on grievances and the grievance process, but having looked back over my archives, I don't think I have. So what I'm going to do is in the very near future, I will do a mini series in the podcast on grievances, which would, would hopefully help and follow up on some of the points that I've discussed here. So to summarise, in answer to the question that I very kindly received, really what needs to be done in order to deal with scenarios where employees raise grievances in the course of disciplinary or capability or performance improvement management processes is to have better management training and communication from the outset in order to prevent that from happening and to avoid a situation where employees feel that they're backed into a corner and that they have no choice but to raise grievance. If it does happen in your organisation then I recommend you deal with grievances swiftly and you revise your system of dealing with grievances if you have a standard practice of dealing with them over several months. It's shocking to think that this still happens and the negative impact it can have on employees and effectiveness of workforces. And then finally, think of alternative ways of continuing to effectively manage the employee, even during the grievance process. However, that may be being fair to all parties and ensuring that you pay enough attention and undertake a reasonable investigation into their grievance. Hopefully you found that interesting and you weren't put off too much by my rants about the way in which some employers deal with issues. If you would like more information or you want to discuss what you would do or you've got any ideas about how you handle this or how you'd handle it in your organisation, then please do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. My email is alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk and if like the person who wrote in, you have a question or something you want me to cover on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. It makes my life so much easier if people suggest topics and I can think about them and put them in. And I'll certainly, as I say, be doing a couple of episodes in the near future on grievances. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week and look forward to speaking with you soon. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.